Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And greetings. Welcome to a uh, special edition of Husker Online Live. We can't really call it post-game live because it's not a post-game show, but uh, we are live here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple here. I'm trying to get my camera adjusted. Yeah, it looks like you're I don't sitting know, way down. It's like, well, you know how this goes. There you go. Uh, but we are live here in Honolulu, <laughs> <laughs> poolside, as we've been all week as uh, we set the stage for tonight's uh, Polynesian Bowl um, that will feature future quarterback Dylan Riola uh, for Nebraska, tied in Carter Nelson, and then obviously Preston Talmua, uh, the Hawaiian native, the four-star offensive line recruit. So three future Huskers, 8 p.m. Uh, on the NFL Network. Uh, we're going to be taking your comments, your questions, and regular live show. Uh, we we want to go through as many as we can um, get through uh, your super chats here throughout the hour. There's a pretty decent chance Carter Nelson and Dylan Riola might join us on the show as well. So uh, we'll sit them down for a quick interview. Uh, but just wanted to have some fun here on our final day. And uh, for the record, Sip, we go to the game at 4 o'clock local time, and uh, we are on a 9.15 flight going home. Yeah. So not ideal, but it was – that or wait till the next day at nine o'clock and i probably should have waited till the next day at nine o'clock but we're, we're gonna uh, have a quick turnaround out of kamehameha high school yeah it's a beautiful morning here you got your coffee thank god because you're a bear when you don't have it i look i look a little tired tan though people there's a few people that at the hotel that have mistaken me for Dwayne rock johnson <laughs> uh, <laughs> my the rock i'm not the rock um but yeah i hope i hope i hope those 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 kids join us um it to me this week sean has felt like covering a bowl game i i love that feeling i wish they were i wish nebraska were still playing in bowl games but these two players and others could be the impetus to nebraska returning to that realm right and i, I gotta share a vignette you were a, i don't know what you were doing you were probably getting one of those what do you call them walkie key bowls aci you're probably getting one of those uh, have you learned the name of our hotel yet after a week uh it's the it's the sheridan princess there you go um (laughs) and you were probably getting one of those those fruit bowls but those kids carter you know carter nelson and dylan came through where you know where we were working down by the pool area I'm sure people just love to hear that, by the way, that we're working by the pool area. I was working by the pool area, and I told those kids, you guys you guys got to get back to playing in bowl games. And you know what? Now, I don't know if it was just a fit of youthful exuberance by Carter Nelson or just a kid being a kid, but he said, what do you mean just bowl games? We want to win championships. 
Now, I, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know what I just, it was, I was kind of struck by it. Like, I think they think like championship level players and that's what you got to have. Well, you got to have that mentality. Just Dylan Riola, the, the way he's already put himself in a leadership role with recruiting. I mean, that, that jumps out because there's not a lot of guys that have the ability to, you know, do what he's doing at this age, but he's got a presence about him, a leadership presence. Um, you heard Mike Zimmer um, tell you that yesterday, the former Minnesota Vikings head coach, uh, nearly the Nebraska head coach 21 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And that was an interesting story we learned out here uh, throughout the week. But just the way this young man carries himself, um, you know, he, he's been trained um, uh, as far as things go. Yeah, here's the thing, Sean. The most interesting thing I've heard this week as it pertains to Dylan is he – I want to be kind of blunt. He wants just to get to Lincoln. He's going to be there on Monday. He wants to start training with his team. He Now, he fully respects the Polynesian Bowl, and he's obviously chose to play in it, and he's he, it's very important to him because of what the bowl means to the Polynesian culture and what it means to the island. Um, all, all of that is very important to him. But, but Dylan kind of said it to me. Uh, sort of off the cuff. And then his father, we spoke to his father yesterday, Dominic, um, in an off-the-record discussion. But Dominic said, <laughs> he wouldn't mind, hey, listen, he wouldn't mind me sharing it, that that Dylan just wants to get to Lincoln to get with the team and start preparation. Dylan is not a prima donna in any sense of the word. I mean, he's a grinder. He, just, he ha- happens to have a lot of talent, but he's also just – He's got the right sort of mentality. And I'm not, and Sean, I'm going to be careful with you. We're going to talk a lot about this as the weeks and months pass. I'm not going to attach a lot of hyperbole to him. I'm not, I'm kind of over that in my, my career. I'm not going to do that. But what, when we talk about Dylan, like we talk about him, it's just very real. You, you, we, we've gotten to know him pretty well. And he's a no nonsense guy. He yeah, is. He's not. Not flashy. No, not really. I mean, he lets his arm and physical traits. And let me tell you, I mean, he he commands a presence. I mean, he does. You talk to the father of Miami Dolphins quarterback uh, to a tongue of Iloa, Gaylou, um, this week. And I saw Gaylou just grab Dylan. He wanted to take a picture with him. I mean, he just has like a a magnetic presence out here daily. Um, What? What Galou said was he's a special talent. And part of that means he doesn't, for instance, have to set his feet to make a tough throw. Like Galou was all about that. Like he, he he's he's just got such a strong arm that, you know, a lot of kids, Sean, they have to get their 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 technical parts down pat to make a good throw. Dylan doesn't necessarily have to do that because he's six three. He's 220. You see how, like, he's thick-legged. He's very strong. And, you know, that that, that really shows. Well, he's got a baseball background, too. And you, do yeah, you know who else has that? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And yeah, don't do that, Matt. I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but he works out with the same quarterback trainer that Mahomes uses. And I, I think when you play baseball like that, you have the ability – to have different arm slots, angles, ability yep, to make absolutely. throws. He was a catcher, and 
probably a D1 level catcher. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good point. You know who else? Oh, he was absolutely. You know who else was a high-level catcher and quarterback? Matthew Stafford. Oh, Stafford was a catcher? Yes, he was the catcher for Clayton Kershaw. You're kidding me. In high school. South Lake Carroll High School in Dallas, I believe. You should have a show, Sean. You know a lot of stuff. Well, guess who was the center for Matthew Stafford? Who? Dominic oh, Wright. Yeah, well, yeah, hello. Come on, baby. I, I, I have this analogy with Sipple, and I've nailed him from being his friend for over 20 years. He has this ability to play this babe in the woods where he knows exactly what you're talking about. He goes, what? Really? No. <laughs> but it's part of his trick. It's part of his magic. Stop. Anyway, okay, that's – I didn't know that Matthew Stafford was Clayton Kershaw's catcher in high school. Yeah, oh my God. And they, they won the World Series Super Bowl like the same year. Interesting. Anyway, Dylan, yeah, Dylan and Carter have these kids. I keep, I, I kind of said it the other day, but if you were a Nebraska fan and you came to these practices and watched these three guys, Preston Tamua, Dylan Rayola, and Carter Nelson, you'd come away very encouraged. You would. They're, they, they handle themselves well. They're big, strong, physical football players. And, that they have a lot there. There's just a lot of talent there. When when Carter Nelson, Sean, I've saw it a few times this week. When he catches a ball and turns up field, it's really impressive at 6'4, 220. I mean, he's all of 6'4, and he's probably all of 220. And he's he when he catches it and motors up field, it's a it's a good sight. I've been watching football for a long time, Sean, covering it for 30 years. You don't always see that from someone that big sometimes they kind of lumber there's a lumbering element to them or they just don't they look a little awkward nothing about carter nelson is awkward he's top rated player in the state and i guess that's the way a top rated player in the state should look you know he's had to miss four basketball games for ainsworth and i know that's been tough for him to play in these two all-star games um his father uh, jake nelson is the head basketball coach at ainsworth jesse owen his football coach is the assistant basketball coach. So um, once in a lifetime opportunity for him um, and, and he'll be back in Ainsworth, obviously to join his team. Um, he told me this week, he still plans to take part in track, but it will be kind of a different mindset. He's not trying to necessarily, I mean, it, what? I, he, he's not, he's kind of non-committal as far as like what events he's going to do and kind of what his plan is going to be. Like, I will be interested if he continues to pole vault um, because of the weight challenges. Um, they had a heck of a time last year getting a pole that could handle a 205 athlete. Yeah, um, now he's 215. And the largest pole they make is an Olympic-level pole that carries 235 pounds. And yeah. I believe they were trying to get one or rent one last year. Um, but does he want to put himself at risk as a 235? 25-pound type guy pole vaulting. Well, there's that. What he told you, Sean, was that he's going to gear his track season toward preparing for football, right? That's what it's going to be more about, not going after marks, all of that. He's going to kind of gear it toward getting ready as a football player. So he's not – and we want to make it clear to people, Carter Nelson – neither Carter Nelson nor Preston Tamua will be – part of spring ball for nebraska dylan will be dylan's coming to lincoln on monday carter nelson and preston tamua no they're not they'll join the team in the summer um but dylan 
will be in classes at Nebraska on Monday. And I think it's it better be sports broadcasting. Yeah, he's sports broadcasting major. And yeah. uh, I know I, I've talked to some of the folks, um, Professor Jason Stam over there, and, and they're they're thrilled to death. I mean, it's a huge coup for the proud journalism college at Nebraska to have uh, Dylan Riola entering the program there. And I'm sure he's thinking big picture. Hey, I, I become a good quarterback, maybe make it to the next level and and be an analyst someday. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. I don't think he's looking to be a sports columnist. I don't think he wants to be writing. Who does? Um, <laughs> hey, here's the deal. People have remarked on the board on our message board on you know the Red Sea Scrolls. I've seen the comments about Dylan Riola and even Dayton Riola. They are really well spoken and polished, smooth for people that age. I don't expect kids to be like that all the time, but they they are. They are that way. And I, and, I, and it's fine when you're not. I mean, they're just teenagers, but the, the they are really well-spoken. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, we are live here in Honolulu at the Sheridan Princess Hotel on the world famous Waikiki Beach. And if you're wondering, this is not a fake background. This is the real. We've had people all week asking if those were fake backgrounds. That is the real is background. Funny? Um, our coverage all week, I, I have to uh, promote these sponsors here because they've been great um, helping provide the coverage. Uh, Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. Get on in there tonight. Get some wings. Watch the Polynesian Bowl on at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, next door, Tavern 180. Uh, get a great steak. And then HPE CPAs and Consultants, 56th um, in Pine Lake and Lincoln, um, but locations and services across the state. It's tax time. Uh, they are great professionals to work with. I've been a, a client of HBE since 2007, and they have just been outstanding to work with over that time. So uh, thank you again to Tavern 180, Tanner's Bar and Grill, and HBE CPAs and consultants for sponsoring us here all week with our coverage in the Polynesian Bowl. And uh, many had a comment simple, just saying, Thank you so much for coming out to Honolulu, providing this coverage. It was much needed, really, on a on a week <laughs> like this in Nebraska, where um, you know, talking to my wife back home, there there wasn't a whole lot to get excited about with the weather and and, and the things that we've been battling. And hopefully, uh, we'll get out of the cold. But we we made the decision the minute Dylan Riola committed to Nebraska, and we knew he was going to play in this game. We said we're we're going, we're we're going to Honolulu. This is a no brainer. Um, especially when Carter Nelson was in this game and Preston Talmua, three of the top four recruits. And, you know, you usually wouldn't come out to something like this from Nebraska, but the Riola angle made it a no-brainer for us. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, it was a, it's all happened kind of fast with him, and it's not probably fully settled in, in my mind completely yet that Dylan Riola is part of the Nebraska fold now. It's it it has on this trip. Like yesterday, I saw it when when those kids Carter Nelson and Dylan were walking around the hotel. They had Nebraska shorts on. 
you know, I noticed that it just now it's starting to kind of settle in. But Dylan, remember, I don't think it was until December 16th, I think was the date that he flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. And I've told Dominic a few times, it really hasn't fully settled in with me yet that Dylan not only is part of the Nebraska fold, he's got a very good chance. Here you go, Sean, get ready to be Nebraska's starting quarterback in 2024. You could be, we could be watching their starting quarterback. And I think you think we will. Well, yeah. I mean, look, in, in Heineck Harburg has a leg up as far as starts under his belt. Daniel Kalen, also an Elite 11 quarterback. So there, there's three capable scholarship guys on this roster right now, um, all with a case. But, you know, the case for Raiola is that arm. I mean, he, he just has the ability and the intangibles. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, yeah, and I know it's his arm, but I'm glad you said what you said. It's more than that. Yeah, it's it's the intangibles. I mean, Mike Zimmer, what did he tell you well, yeah. guy, about him learning all the routes to help instruct the receivers That's all it. week? Okay, so. I know people are going to get kind of tired of us always talking about Dylan's arm strength and size and 6'3", 220 and all that. Yeah, what what Zimmer did, you know, Mike Zimmer, a longtime NFL coach, a head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, which I think it was for eight years. Um, I told you six yesterday. I think it was eight. Um, was the Bengals defensive coordinator, so on and so forth. But he said something I thought was really critical what he added to the conversation, and, and that is Dylan knows all every position what needs to be done, not just his position. It was striking to me that Zimmer said that because this is an all-star game. It's just an all – it's just a really – it's just kind of a fun event. But Dylan – and you've seen him. We, the beauty of coming here is we've seen him operate every day. And he does operate with a seriousness, not over the top, but the fact that he came here and learned everybody's assignments, not just what he had to do, I think, well, I, that made an impression on Mike Zimmer. Well, and even we, we talked briefly to uh, Donovan and Dominic Raiola about some things, and, and he said he's wearing me down already because he's trying to learn all the protections of the offensive line. Donovan, yeah. I mean, that's and, – and those guys, like Dominic said, look, it's just that's what you got to do, and it's available to him. He can talk to Donovan any time. And, yeah, Dylan did tell me that he likes to kind of learn backward. He likes to learn what the, what the protections are, what the offensive linemen are scanning at the line of scrimmage. If he learns what the offensive line players are scanning at the line of scrimmage, their protections, then, of course, he'll know them, right? So I think he – He'll fu he functions football wise at a very high level. And Sean, I mean, what Galu and I always have trouble with that tongue, tongue of Iloa. Yeah, what Galu told me, the father of those of Talia and Tua, was that it comes down these days a lot of times to how well a player reads defenses because defenses read offenses better than ever, in his opinion. They tackle terribly. They're we're seeing an age of football where tackling is terrible, okay? But, on the other hand, defenses know where the ball's going more than ever. And and so that puts some, a certain amount of pressure on quarterbacks, right, Sean? No doubt. I mean, just the ability to make the right decisions. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, Nebraska dealt with it this year with a record number of turnovers by the quarterback. 100. 
that's i'm glad you said it all right we've got a number of super chats piled up we got five in the queue so um if you want to get your comment on the show throw it in the super chats um steve homan chimes in looking forward to 2024 liking the foundation we are setting go big red thank you steve for your support of huskar online and your super chat um a lot of excitement and i do think the schedule when you look at it optimistically it's a great runway to start with a, a if, it, if it is riola at the quarterback to build things up this will be the first time since 2019 nebraska has opened the season against a non-power five team it'll be the first time since 2019 they've opened the season at home yeah that's that's a big help i mean, I mean it's I, 2024 right i mean I, it's crazy to think that they have not had a home opener like isn't that something for a week one game since 2019 <laughs> just really yeah and last season it wasn't great i mean to to go to minnesota not a great minnesota team played in a kind of a you know one of the lower bowls <clears throat> against the mac team but it was a it was a really tough venue and and minnesota i don't care what you say about their record five and seven in the regular season they were tough up front so that was a tough opener and then you hit colorado at a bad time you hit them like at the peak of Dion. yeah like they were full bloom. I mean, yeah. it was. It was. You're so right. I, I mean, it, it was. I mean, you had like Dwayne Rock Johnson. I mean, you had all these celebrities coming into Boulder, rappers. And I know I, you're right. And some people say, say, well, what's that matter? Well, I'll tell you what matters. I've never been in a stadium that loud and that crazy. And that the scene outside the stadium, then the scene in the stadium. It was. And I've been covering them for 30 years. I've, I've missed one road game in 30 years or 25, 25 years. I've been at Penn State for the whiteouts. I've been all these places. I've never seen a scene that difficult for a team. So, so Nebraska didn't have the benefit of easing into anything. I kind of, I kind of wonder what it would have been like had they been able to, to ease into it. They will be able to next year. And the other thing, though, when you talk to these guys, these guys, the three guys, and then you talk to people around the program, Nebraska's got has some talent. They have some guys. They have a good defensive core coming back. Yeah, they're not. Now, I would just say this. They're not bad. I would say they're good. Now, what's good get you? Does it just get you five and seven again or six and six? Or does it get you eight or nine? I don't know. That will be determined by. Well, eight or nine wins now, to me, is a lot harder to come by than it was in 2011. Oh, yeah. 2012. Oh, God, yes. I mean, I agree with you on that. The minute the league went to a nine-game conference schedule, and then they've expanded the league, I mean, it's just getting to that win level. First of all, if you get to nine and three or ten and two, you're a playoff-level team right now in the Big Ten. I don't know about nine and three. Are you sure about nine well, and three? Well, the right, the right combination of nine and three. Like, you might see a nine and three team in the playoff. I'm not saying Nebraska could get to that, but ten and two – I mean, 10 and two is you're in business. if, if yeah. you're getting four teams in a conference, yeah, you're in business. At I 10 mean, oh, miss like at 10 and two. Yeah. Would be in business. Penn State at 10 and two. Yeah, I mean, those types business. of teams yeah. can get in. But um, we got another super chat here. Um, I'm not going to try to even pronounce this username, but they want to see your short pants, Steve Sipple. No, you're not going to see my short pants. Um, they did just- have his first. And for, I'm going to get this on the record. You had your first margarita drink of the week last night. Yeah, it was good too. And we uh, tweeted a picture of it, uh, Trey. If you can find it on my feed. No, you don't need to show that. My God. Uh, but we 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 were we were on Waikiki Beach, yeah. and and there was a um a, a Mexican restaurant grill that had nice s- Steve Sipple's attention. 
Yeah. And we stopped in there for a late dinner. Look at Trey. Um, there's Boy. the daddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's really, the, uh, by the way, that is a really the, rough picture. Nebraska Trey. I might just take that off. Co right sports writer of the year. Yeah. Somebody felt sorry for me, evidently. But they, um, I, yeah. Well, we're on Waikiki Beach. It's gorgeous. We're, and this is a wonderful bowl for these kids. I mean, it's got to be like they they really have to enjoy it. Now there's football, and they have to do some. They have to do their football work, but they there's been a lot of activity, and they learn about the Polynesian culture. And you're in a place where the temperature every day is about what eighty, and then the low is about sixty five. It, it it's hard to imagine it being much nicer than it is here. All right, Judy Small, what time is the game in Omaha, guys? Judy, it is at 8 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. So um, it's going to be miserably cold, we know, tonight and tomorrow morning. No better way. Sit at home, get a pizza, get a drink, watch pizza. the Polynesian Bowl at four or uh, 8 o'clock. What kind of pizza are you thinking there, Sean? Well, I'm thinking delivery. You don't want to leave your house right now, do you? What about just popping in a frozen pizza? How about that? Yeah. Get um, but all right, let's get into uh the next super chat here. Gregory Bowley, how big of a transition do you expect Dylan to have once the game starts? Um once the game starts, yeah. Go ahead, Sean. What do you think? I'm interested. I guess how big of a role. I mean, I don't know if transition is the word. Is he looking like how big? I mean, he's the starting quarterback, and there are three quarterbacks, I believe, on his team. But I mean, he's clearly. Oh no! I mean, I think they mean once the game start in the season, once he gets to. College. Oh, I thought they were talking about the Polynesian Bowl. Um, no. Well, I think I think the schedules. I mean, not having to start your career at Minnesota and Colorado on the road, I think the schedule itself makes that very doable for Dylan Raiola. Okay, I got a question for you, and Dayton Raiola talked about this, and you you're you've been in the recruiting world much longer than I have been. How much does it help that he came, that he played at Buford, Buford, Georgia, in in Georgia, where, well, in Chandler, know, Arizona, yeah, where Georgia has incredible talent, and Buford was an eleven and two team, so he had a lot of talent around him. Doesn't doesn't now what Dayton said was Dayton, his brother, who's a class of twenty twenty six quarterback, said, "I don't want culture shock when I get to college." I'll be ready because I'm playing at Buford. And by the way, the Rayolas will stay in Georgia and and Dayton will play for Buford like his brother did as a senior. And there was some thought and question because they moved to Buford when he committed to Georgia that they would move to Nebraska. I thought maybe they would. And I think Dom is smart in the sense that when you're trying to develop a big time quarterback, you know, there's just more resources and things to do it at a place like Buford. And that's no knock on the local um, stuff in Nebraska. But, you oh, know, come on, until recently, Daniel Kalen and Zane Flores are really the only highly recruited Power 5 guys, Heiner Carberg to an extent as well. Um, but there haven't been a lot of, like, true, highly touted, developed Power 5 quarterbacks in Nebraska. Right. So nobody, be off- nobody should be offended. I mean, Dayton was talking about playing on a Buford team where – Pretty much every receiver runs a sub 11 100. I mean, they're just, I mean, you think about what he's throwing to every day and, and think about what he's facing defensively every day in practice. So it, it'll, I think that could help. 
there's a lot that helps. Okay, in this discussion, I don't know if people get tired of my hesitancy. I almost don't like thrusting freshmen into the fray. I know this is probably going to happen with Dylan, but I don't want to place too much expectations on him while also realizing he is probably more equipped for that than it, than most people because of his background, because of his size, because of his 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 overall quarterback acumen, because of his maturity, because of his faith. I mean, his faith is really important. He keeps he's very grounded. He said, look, I have to. It can't be all football for me because it can all football can all be taken away in one snap. I mean, that's for him for him to say that and to have that level of um, understanding of kind of life it suggests a lot about him. But, you know, it, it all comes back to you look at him on the practice field, Sean, and what do you see? <laughs> it's pretty impressive, right? It's pretty impressive. If you're joining us, thank you for joining us here live on Husker Online um, Live. It's a special show we're doing here from Honolulu, Hawaii, as we get ready for tonight's Polynesian Bowl at 8 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. It's a 4 p.m. local kick here um, at Kamehameha High School, which um, is an unreal facility. And once again, our, our coverage all week in Polynesian or at the Polynesian Bowl is brought to you by our proud sponsors, uh, Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, Tavern 180. Get into Tanner's, watch the game tonight, order some wings, uh, get some wings to go, take them home, watch, uh, watch at home. Um, and also HBE CPAs and consultants uh, handling all of your tax services, wealth management, uh, locations across Nebraska, their flagship location, though, in Lincoln on 56th and Pine Lake Road. That's HPE CPAs and consultants. Um, all right, we got a few more super chats I want to get to here. Um, let's see, Bob comes in, Bob Johnson. How do you picture the spring game with Riola? Um, I would imagine. So generally, they've they've put spring game tickets sip for sale during the week of the February signing day. I would imagine that's when they're going to do it again. Um, but I would think it's going to be a pretty good ticket. I mean, I, I, okay. I, what do you think you'll see in terms of play? Well, the the crowd itself. I want to get to that first. Okay. I, I don't know if it will be a sellout. Like it. It it will be close, though. I think. Why I mean, don't? You, why are you hesitant? Because it's hard to sell out a spring game. I mean, it's hard. It is. But I I do think it's got a chance to be a sellout. I really do, um, because of, I mean, not only Riola. You have seventeen high school newcomers, six transfer newcomers, so twenty three new blood players on the roster for spring practice, including Sean, Isaiah Nayor, yeah. Jamal Banks at wide receiver, Dante Daldell at running back, Micah Mazuka at on the, on the offensive line. I mean, you, you've got a really, really, really impressive group of guys they're bringing in. Right. Um, so if that doesn't sell, I don't know what does, but I would think that it's going to push 80,000 for sure, 75, 80,000 with a chance of sellout. 23 new players on the roster is a huge number. I mean, for your spring roster, right? You've never seen anything like that. No. I mean, you can't really have any more than that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It because is amazing. One, and it's of the scholarship height. There's one walk on Isaac Dickey that's an early enrollee, but 16 of what you would tab their 29 scholarship players. And, and some of those guys are NIL, 
kind of additions and some are true in a uh, letter of intent signees, but I would categorize there's 29 guys that are scholarship level three and four and five star recruits. 16 of those 29 are here. Here's where your expertise comes in because of this day and age now where there's football so transactional college football and there's so much movement. Well, we see this more often. Um, yeah, I think one of the things with the early signing day and, and that could change by the way, um, the early signing day because December is becoming more and more of just a crazy month for coaches. Um, and now when you add the playoff and have playoff games in December, the transfer portal opens in December, the signing days in December. I mean, the coaches are trying to fight it on three or four fronts. Um, so there is some discussion um, to maybe altering the high school signing day, moving it up maybe to August or, or, you know, and have an earlier one and then still have a later one in February and just eliminate that December deal um, because of the madness of the portal. Um, but yeah, I, I think kids now commit in the months of April, May, and June, a good majority. And those are the guys, if you do that, you have enough time to get your academics in line. And, you know, you, there's certain things you have to do to, to graduate early. Right. Um, my mother is a high school counselor. So, you know, we, we, she's talked to me about it a lot over the years that the biggest thing you have to get two math classes done. And, okay. you know, she's worked with multiple division one power five football players over the years when she was at Burke high school. And, you know, they would take, she said, you got to take two math classes, your sophomore year, um, you know, and then, then you're able to get out of school and graduate because you need four years of math to be eligible and, you know, you, you, if you graduate early, you're only there three and a half years. So okay. you have to get that math requirement figured out. That makes sense. In order to get out. Um, and there's a few things that need to be done uh, to meet the academic standing. But they've eliminated the ACT Oh, um, because of COVID. I mean, that, it, was, it wasn't, you know, the, 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 because different restrictions with getting to testing sites back in 2020, um, they no longer require the ACT as a part of a NCAA deal, and they still don't require it. So now all you need to qualify is a core GPA of a certain level. And I'm, I'm talking like a low level, like in the somewhere in the low 2.0 range, two, okay. two, one, two, 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 three, um, to qualify to play um, Division One. So it is a lot easier to get out as long as you get that math done and some of the other requirements done. Um, Let's get some more super chats. All right. I think Lloyd is a dark horse, number one weapon for Riola. And look, I, I think Jalen Lloyd's a really good Jalen Lloyd receiver, but I still don't know if he's a number one. I, I think he's a guy that you can get over the top, fine for big plays. Um, but as far as high volume, you know, contested 50 50 balls, Nayor and Banks are going to be the guys. Yeah. I, I, I wonder. I guess part of one thing I just thought of right now, there could be kind of a battle between <laughs> now listen, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but not terribly ahead of ourselves. I've watched film on Nayor and Banks. They're proven guys. It could be kind of a battle for number one between those two guys, right? You could you it might end up being that Banks and Nayor battling for that kind of the number one receiver who catches 60 passes you know, for 1,200 yards. It might, there might be kind of a battle for that. Those additions are gigantic. And I don't want to, I don't want to make the assumption that they'll just, that they're the guys and that Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd and Jaden Doss get passed. But those guys do have experience. They're grown men. They're in their, you know, their, their 
drinking age. They, they they've done they're it. Fifth and six year guys. Yeah, they're men. They're grown. They're grown men. So yeah, they'll have an edge. But those three young guys that we always talk about, Lloyd Coleman and Jaden Doss, they're good players. They are re- they are really good players. But and we'll see. Now what I keep saying is you're going to see Doss shoot up. That's what I think. Doss got hurt in August. It set him back. Doss, I don't look at as a number one guy, but I look at him as a playmaker that will emerge more and more. And I think people will be a little surprised by it. Well, the other guy to sleep on, not sleep on, is Demetrius Bell. Thank you. Um, He was an academic redshirt, and he would have played last year. But he had to sit out, um, meet the academic requirements um, to come in, kind of like an old Prop 48. It's a little different, but similar kind of. What's con- his size? You know, he's not a big guy, but but he was a four star guy. Um, we have him at six one one eighty five. Okay, so, so he's good. I like that size. I um, like that. He's probably one ninety five by now. They sat on Demetrius Bell and knew that he had to sit out for a year, but I, I do think he's a guy that that could, you know, make some noise. Yeah, the additions of Banks and Naor really make you look at that receiver situation position differently better i mean it's a those are gigantic additions and you know that dylan rayola had an impact on that you know it because we've heard it i mean it's not it's not i mean we don't come on here and just talk about you know fantasy stuff that we dream up in our head we've heard it they there's no doubt about that dylan had an impact on those guys coming here and why wouldn't he luke chimes in with a super chat i would tune in every day if you guys would stream live well luke maybe someday we'll get to that point but luke thank you um, for saying that we love doing the live shows it, it just it's got to make sense from a business standpoint and um you know if, and if we could do them from hawaii i would be all in on that sean that makes sense from a simple standpoint <laughs> it would. It sure would. well and the beauty is it's 8 37 in the morning right now yeah we're gonna I, we're gonna get done with the show and our plan actually today i went to the beach for the first time yesterday just walked by it um sat at the um famous mai tai bar across the street people are gonna check that out for the first but um we're gonna dip our toes in the water (laughs) waikiki beach is where we're going and they they have a very hard non-negotiable 11 a.m checkout for your room yeah and they gave me noon um why why they give you noon to me because you're part of the the block the block and i'm not i did mine on my own separately so usually a, a Marriott member, if you have enough status, they'll give you a late checkout. I, I was able to negotiate one hour. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm fine with 11. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're not going to, I told you, we're not going to sit around and read books all day. At the, we're no. just going to get in the water and check it out. Yeah. And I'm not going to go snorkeling. I just want to go down there and check it out. I've been in the ocean before. But yeah, so that that's our plan. But no, we love doing the shows. Um, I've kind of joked to sip someday we might be a live show every day. I mean, you just never know. It's all about the money, money, money. <laughs> well, the it's views and the numbers that the shows draw, like, are solid. And, you know, we, we, we've we seen that in our full, first full year, kind of, I guess, our second year of doing these now. We, we did post-game live shows the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, and every every year they've gotten bigger and bigger. So we enjoyed doing that. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you for joining us here on Husker Online Live from Honolulu. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, HBE, CPAs, and consultants, Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, Tavern 180, 
Um, get on into Tanner's tonight. Watch the Polynesian Bowl. Get some wings. Go next door to Tavern on 80. Get a cocktail. Get a steak. Uh, they got great brunch on the weekends. And uh, HP, uh, thanks again for um, their sponsorship. It is tax season. And I can tell you, um, they are great to work with. Um, just true professionals. They've helped me make so much more sound decisions with running and operate a small business um and i'm so grateful for them and their sponsorship here of our coverage this week of the polynesian bowl so what should people look for tonight i from from the offense on i guess it's what we're calling it team Mackay, and that's coached by mike zimmer and what you heard from those from mike zimmer and marvin lewis yesterday was that it's a watered down playbook I, you've said there's no blitzing. Is that right? Generally, the rule in all-star games is it's a four-man rush okay. because they don't want it to be like exotic you know, blitzes. So the offensive line theoretically should have an advantage. They're blocking five on four, mm-hmm. and it's a standard pass rush. It's moves. good boy, but I'll tell you something. These We watch these practices. There's some edge rushers, and there's some backers that can come. And like Talmua's team – they they have, in my opinion, an edge at the line of scrimmage in this game. Preston Tamua, who we got to be clear, Preston Tamua is not on the same team as Carter Nelson and Dylan Wright. I wish they, I wish they would have been, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. So, what I think we'll see a lot of is Dylan. I I hope he gets some balls to Carter Nelson. I hope I hope Carter Nelson's able to make three or four catches and and show what we've seen, which is his ability to catch a pass. I'd say a short pass, kind of a typical tight end Kelsey route, and speed up field. It's a really, it's really something to see. But man, they got—I'll tell you—the guy to watch, other than Carter Nelson, is Mike Matthews. Mike Matthews is a Tennessee-bound player from from uh, Lilburn, Georgia, and he's the guy. He's the burner. He's the big time receiver in this game. I, is, is best I could tell. Uh, Mike Matthews, number four, will will catch some passes tonight from Dylan. I'd say Jordan Anderson, too. Jordan Anderson is a kid from L.A., from the L.A. area, um, Inglewood, and he's a burner on the outside. They got two real burners on the outside. Yeah, Colton um, on the Super Chat comes in. Colton McNear with a question. What are your guys' record predictions for the 2024 season, assuming that our D will be as good, if not better, than 2023, and Dylan is our QB? Look, it, it is so hard right now in january but i you know the roster though i mean i would be you know the roster. extremely disappointed number one if they're not in a bowl game number one and okay. and, and, and if that's not like settled early on like i'm not saying we're going to go into the iowa game having to win that game to make a bowl like they better the, the program should and will take a step forward as long as riola is healthy and things move forward they have a veteran old offensive line. They added a starter, Mazuka, that will help replace Ethan Piper, who we don't think will play this year. We don't know yet for sure. And then obviously Nuri Nuelli um, has gone on um, and graduated. So they've added a good starter to the interior uh, moving forward. They've added two good receivers. They've added a running back to compete. They return a good bulk of that defense. They have five solid guys in the secondary. They have the edge players back. They have the D-line back. Um, there's a little bit of a hole at the linebacker position. Um, and, you know, they brought in Stefan Thompson from Syracuse. That helps. Um, to help fill that hole. So the pieces are there. Hold on, Sean. Here's the deal. 
I, it's not now we do this and people, I mean, you're not going overboard at all. I, I know we, you get this sometimes that Nebraska is the king of the off season, whatever, just, we know the roster, and we know the defense is pr- pretty proven. I mean, look at that schedule, though. It's beautiful. Right. The schedule is what it is. The defense played well. And I would tell you this. You said you would be extremely disappointed if they don't go to a bowl game in 2024. I, I, I agree with that because I was extremely disappointed this season that they didn't go to a bowl game. All they had to do is win one of their last four games. And as you've mentioned, they would have gotten to a bowl game with a – an offense that was pretty decimated by injury, right? And then also decimated by a quarterback position that just turned it over way too much. So, yeah, I, so if I were, if I was disappointed this season that they didn't go to a bowl game with what they had to deal with, of course, I would be very disappointed if they don't go to a bowl game because I think the roster's better and will be better in 20. Well, and the schedule's better. Yeah, schedule's better, roster's better. So I'm not going to go out and say Nebraska is going to win nine or ten, but I could. I think that should be a seven to eight type win. Today, roster. there's for sure one game there'll be a huge underdog at Ohio State. You would assume at Iowa they will be an underdog. So Iowa's going to be good next year. They return a lot, and McNamara returns. And we don't have they made a coordinator hire there yet? No, I don't think so. Wouldn't we know that? I mean, Paul Paul Chris has been a name rumored to be their guy, but has not been announced. He's staying at Texas, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I see so many damn headlines that are, you know, in the media world now. You just never know what to believe. I saw a headline the other day that Chris is staying at Texas. Now, but getting back to the discussion, I think, Sean, I will throughout the offseason stay in the seven to eight win range as far as expectations for Nebraska. Seven to eight. That's what I'm USC say. on the road late November. That will be a tough game. But yep. you don't really know will be. how USC is going to transition to the Big Ten. No, you don't. Their defense was, I say it all the time, and I don't mind saying it because I watched it. It was miserable. Their defense was miserable. <laughs> it was so bad. And they tried to hire Tony White. Right. So I I don't know if they're going to get that straightened out. I'm not a big believer in, in Lincoln Riley. Um, he had a great run at Oklahoma that started to sputter at the end. He got out of there, and they lost five games at USC this year. So I don't know what to make of him. All right, Jacob. Great super chat question here from Jacob. Uh, from your guys' experience, have you ever seen a QB at Nebraska that can throw the ball like Riola? His arm is almost jaw-dropping. And look, I, I hate to even bring this name up, but Harrison Beck had a really, really golden arm. <laughs> he did. I mean, he did. That's okay to bring up. And I'll never forget when he was at camp, he was 16 years old. He was on his knees at the 50-yard line of Memorial Stadium. And he threw the ball on a rope on his knees and it hit the crossbow. Yeah, think about that for a and second. And so a 60 yard throw on a rope hit the crossbar. So Harrison Beck had that kind of arm ability. Um, you know, Blaine Gabbard and Josh Freeman Gabbard, yeah. would have come here. Yeah. They were committed at one time. They had that. But yeah, Riola. Are we missing somebody? No. I mean, Tanner Lee. I don't know if he had that kind of arm. I mean, he he, may, he got drafted, so people can be critical about Tanner Lee, but he was drafted. That would be the name that I like. Zach, you can't now. Zach Taylor was the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year, but he didn't have extraordinary arm talent. Like Zach Taylor was kind of like Nebraska's poor man Josh Heupel. Yeah, he didn't have extraordinary arm talent. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> we just, you just, I. It's, he has. He has. 
all that size and arm strength that you just can't deny. It'll come down to reading defenses and how well he handles, you know, the pressure of the job and those sorts of things. There's nothing that would stop him physically from being a great player. Awesome sauce. Absolutely love the live shows and seeing you guys interact with the viewers. Questions. Hope you guys find time to do more. Well, we'll try. Give it time. I mean, thank you for that. Those compliments and the, for the four ninety nine, we appreciate that. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Steve Holman, is there any additions we need? I know Dylan Christie and Keona White or Will Height are on our radar. Yeah, I think you got to come to the realization: Nebraska is always in the market for good football players. Are most teams <laughs> what? Right? I mean, aren't most teams? Well, yeah, so Nebraska this weekend is bringing in Keona Wilhite okay. for an official visit. Tell me about him. Um, you know, Brian Munson confirmed it officially this morning from Tucson, Sal Point, former Washington Husky commit. Um, Where's you know, he at right now? Well, he's decommitted from Washington. Is he a high school player? Yeah, he's a high school player from Tucson, Arizona. And he was a he's a um, consensus industry-rated three-star uh, on three has him as a three star, two four seven three star, ESPN three star. Rivals has him as a four star. So um, six five two thirty edge player, mm. uh, Keanu mm. Wilhite, that will come in this weekend um, as kind of a surprise visitor. Yeah, more six five two hundred thirty pound edge players is a good thing. Now, Sean, the question is a good one: What does Nebraska need right now? Do they need? What do they need? This is your area of expertise. I think you you always look for guys that make your team better. And look, edge <laughs> edge players are a premium. If you can get ed, oh, good edge players, you take them. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I I can't I, you can't emphasize that enough. But everybody's trying to get them. So if you can get one that that you judge to be a good one, you'd go you do what you have to do to get him. So, all right, uh, Jeremy Brandt comes in with a question here on the super chat when will the first practice that dylan will participate with the entire team best food you've had in hawaii look practices will be late spring uh march 20 or early spring March. i think it's the last week of march is when they'll begin spring practice um but i would imagine dylan will get right into winter workouts um, i'm sure there's somewhat of an acclimation period and a fitness um test you have to pass um but he will be with the team at workouts right away Best food in Hawaii. One night, I slipped off to Kari Crab okay. and had a kind of a crab bowl with shrimp, almost like a Cajun seafood boil type thing. And I had that for my meal one night. That was uh, my best meal I've had so far. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done a good job. I never do on these trips, as you know. And, and you would vouch for me on this. We've worked really hard. And I, and I, I don't know. The t- I don't know if it's a time change. What I've had. I had that fast food the other night, that Hawaiian barbecue that was pretty good. It was. I wouldn't call it fast food. I mean, it was just a Hawaiian barbecue restaurant in in, in our in, in the nice mall across from our hotel. Yeah, it was good. It was cabbage and pork and on rice, and it, it was, was local. I thought, it, yeah, it was. I thought it was strangely good. Like it, it was really good. So it was it was um, Hawaiian barbecue, cabbage and pork on white rice with some special sauce, <laughs> and it was good. It was legit, and I like those bowls we have. What are those bowls? Aci bowls, yeah, those are good. They have those in Lincoln, though, I guess, right? Well, you, I mean, yeah, you can get them. Like um, Jason Peters, uh, it was called Clean Juice, but that they, I forget their new name is now, but they they carry them there, and, and they're they're really good. I mean, yeah, good. 
kind of a natural just lots of fruit we haven't done we haven't done a lot of i mean we got to the north shore because the they there was practice on the north shore one day and we worked from a subway yeah (laughs) that was the most eye-opening part of the trip because that's country as dominic rayola pointed out yesterday i told him we went to the north shore and his first his first line after that was sip that's country yeah i mean it, the analogy in nebraska would be like all right we left to omaha and went out to western nebraska yeah i mean it, it like, was it was not there was it was there was it was somewhat touristy but you kind of had to look for it i mean there are food trucks and things set up along the roads uh but all authentic all local no chain restaurants right no uh, corporate hotels no no nothing Chick- like i mean there are chickens running around the road a, a lot of chickens and you're right on i mean you're right on the shore the waves are coming in hot you know and depending on the tide the the ocean water in the evening i believe starts to come over the road yeah yeah it busts over those walls i I, it was that was the thing i'll remember most was our trip to the north shore it was really striking to me it was somewhere i i could i could see myself living i i liked it a lot sean and and um kahuku high school i believe was where we were at something like that the home of kiona lea kana okay yeah that's where we were at yeah i don't know I, i'd have to look back at that high and school they're now. kind of identified as the toughness school like i bet they are i mean like there's just a toughness i bet they're I with bet, the people like yeah. if you live on the north shore you're tough yeah not that there's not tough people but elsewhere. you're old school and, yeah. and, and they're a powerhouse they are a like their football team if i'm not mistaken beat like a miami team in a game like kick their butt oh i bet i i mean you really got a sense of that Hawaiian toughness on the North Shore for sure. Dom said that he used to go stay there in the summer and just train with train. those guys. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, a few more super chats. Is Nebraska recruiting any Bama players? And this is kind of a follow up, Jeremy Brandt. On that note, any chance of Caden Proctor? Look, I mean, you're always in the market. Um, I I did this morning in our tunnel talk say that there at least has been some engagement with Nebraska and Caden Proctor. What does that mean? A lot of people are probably engaged with Caden Proctor and I'm guessing there's a very steep price tag for a player like Caden Proctor. Well, here's the good news for Nebraska. They have Dylan Raiola. <laughs> I mean, Dylan, Dylan Raiola is going to be in the thick of that kind of conversation. Am I wrong? Oh, no doubt. Okay. You also have an NIL operation at Nebraska that can compete. I mean, we, we always have to make sure we drive that point home. Nebraska's moneyed. They have it. They can do it. If, if, if they wanted to do it, which I don't know if they do, but I don't know that they don't, but if they want to, the two things that come to mind immediately as factors in Nebraska's favor are Dylan Raiola and NIL. It can happen. Now, I gotta, you got to catch yourself. There's also a coaching staff. You know, you got to give Matt Rule some credit here, a lot of credit. By the way, we we don't say it probably enough that the Riolas have taken to Rule. Obviously, I mean they they like that. You got to give Rule for establishing a culture that that the Riola family felt comfortable entering. That didn't. That's not a given that that's going to happen, right? It's not. But Rule, give Rule credit for establishing a culture that 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 family felt comfortable with because I know, you know, I've known Dom, I've covered Dom in 2000. I've known Dom really well for 25 years, basically. And he's not, they just don't enter into anything. 
when he declared, they're very, they're very measured, Sean. When Dom declared early for the draft, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first offensive lineman in the history of Nebraska to leave early. I'd have to double check. That. Well, challenge me on that. I don't know. No, he, I'm saying he was. Okay, I'm saying he was <laughs> okay. Babe in the Woods. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't. I'm not being I mean, Babe in the Woods. At that time, very few players left early from Nebraska. Either. Right. I mean, Amon Green did. Lawrence Phillips did. And Dominic. Interesting. I mean, interesting second rounder, and it was not Johnny a, Mitchell left early, right? Yeah, yeah, he did, and that was an early. I mean, that didn't happen back then. No, Fabian's left early. I'm on Green left early. There's not a lot of that that's happened, but, but in that era, now it's common. Yeah, but anyway, Dominic was a second rounder, and he has told us it was a gigantic adjustment to pass block. Because they to didn't teach they, himself. They didn't do it. No, had to teach himself basically. Olin Krutz helped him um but anyway he told me um one of the reasons he went pro is because he knew if he came back as a senior he would have had a play in like the senior bowl the all-star games and his pass blocking wouldn't have been up to snub yeah and it's a week-long heavily evaluated event and he was fearful that that you know could hurt his draft stock dominic is a very savvy individual always remember that he's a very savvy guy all right we got two more in here um, any chance on Tyler Atkins and look, he's a 2026 out of Georgia. I don't really have a lot there to add on a 2026. Um, what, what position are we talking about? Tyler Atkinson is a 2026 linebacker from Grayson, Georgia. He is a high four star recruit for the class of 2026. So, okay. um, don't have a lot there on Tyler other than that right now. Um, final question here in the super chat. Has there been any update on Dwight Boodle's recovery? And if he'll be ready for spring ball, he was getting good minutes early. Yep. Um, you know, knees are tricky because you just don't know the severity of the recovery. Some guys come back in four months, some guys six months, some guys take a whole year. Um, so will Dwight Boodle be full go at spring? I, we don't really know the answer to that. Um, you know, I think it will be pretty close. He's an important player. He did assert himself well as a true freshman, and he has those bloodlines. A Boodle. I mean, just, we saw his brother, boy, one of the most trustworthy players I've ever seen. I mean, really, at Nebraska. he could put, You could put him anywhere in the defensive backfield and he'd be fine. Am I wrong? No doubt. I mean, no. like he, he's got ability. And, and they were able to keep that four-game red shirt on him, which I thought was big. Um, so somebody said in the comments, by the way, you're going to take some chickens home with you. Ah, that's controversial because in, in Nebraska, you have those predators – I mean, you have coyotes and foxes. We, we've had a lot of problems, Sean. Those, those wild chickens, they'd be pretty feisty, wouldn't they? Uh, the roosters. No, not the chicken. <laughs> was chicken. that a rooster or a chicken that you took a picture of in the 7-Eleven parking lot? That was a chicken. The roosters can be. I, I noticed around here, if you, if you approached one of those roosters, I don't know how that would go. The chickens, it, they're fine. No, the chickens aren't feisty, but boy, the we had some roosters that were nasty. I mean, when we had roosters, we had to get rid of them, send them to the country, because they were so nasty. Because they're they're kind of the dominant males. Yeah, I mean, they were. You're a rooster. <laughs> You're feisty. We got our coffee in us, but hey, this has been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Don't call me a rooster. Yeah, the, you, thank God you had your Americano. No, You're I, I had oh, my second one. I walked across the street. You had your second Americano? Well, already? the one behind us doesn't open till 7. Oh. And I went across the street, and they opened earlier and got one. Hammer those Americanos, Sean. Man. Just get trying. It's going to be a 
grind to get back on Nebraska time. Yeah, keep that in mind, please, for your employee over here. <laughs> but no, our, our schedule um, will be at the game. It's a four o'clock local kick. We're on a flight going home at 9.15. Um, we'll have photos, full coverage from the game. Brian Munson's going to actually write three quick takes from the game because uh, there is no press box there. We're going to be on the sidelines. And we're both now. Let, make that clear to people. Yeah, please. so, you know, if you're on the site when the game ends at 11 o'clock tonight, you know, we might not have our coverage up until the wee hours. We plan to work on the plane heading back over uh, to Denver, um, and we'll have coverage up. Um, but we get back into Denver, then we'll fly actually into Kansas City because uh, of some changes we had to make on our original itinerary. But um, it's been a great week, Sip. Um, one, yeah, one yeah. I'll never forget. Yeah, it really worked out well. It was a, it was. I just thought it was really informative for us to see those critical players in the class operate. And I would never want to leave Preston Tamua out of this. I think Tamua is the sort of offensive lineman, kind of an old school, big, strong, no nonsense, big, strong. Of course, he's big and strong. He's six, three and a half, three twenty eight. But you, you see what you, you understand what I'm talking about. He kind of reminds me of a throwback Nebraska offensive lineman, just tougher than hell. I mean, I mean, he's built and he is no nonsense. I mean, you see him walking by the pool, and he's he kind of has that look. I mean, it's a quite a coup that Donovan Raiola was able to pull him out of Hawaii. Yeah, best. And I and I and I never. I'm always. I've always kind of had this fascination of, of guys who can say they're the best player in any state. So he's the best. He's judged the best football player in his class in the state of Hawaii. That tells you a lot about him. All right. Well, um, thanks again to our sponsors uh, that made the trip and the coverage possible for us here at Husker online, uh, HBE CPAs and consultants 56 and Yankee or uh, Pine Lake road in Lincoln with also locations and services across the state. Tanner sports bar and grill tavern, 180 30th Yankee Hill road. Uh, watch the game tonight over at Tanner's get some wings, um, get a cold beer or go next door, get a steak and a cocktail at tavern, 180. Um, and we've got a great special. If you want to try out Husker online, we're going to give you two months for $1 simply using promo code NU1. That's the best deal you're going to get. It's for our YouTube listeners and viewers only. Um, promo code NU1, two months for $1. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan. Special thanks to our producer, Trey Yanity, behind the scenes in Nashville. Uh, Trey has deal, dealt with us all week and been outstanding, so we appreciate yeah, Trey's thank you, work Trey. as well. Uh, but thanks for joining us here on this special edition of Husker Online Live from Honolulu.